Teresa, how about an episode on caroling? Music to my ears. It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening. Now I'm going to try something different. And together we are Schmanners. <laughs> it's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. I don't Hello, like my dog. No? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll go back to it. And you're listening to Schmanners. Yeah. It okay. made me feel like we were part of the, what's the Captain Planet? Oh, see, I was yeah. going to say Justice League, but yeah. Oh. Okay, that's fair. When our powers combine, we make sprainers. Mm-hmm. Here it is. We're deep in the heart of the holiday season. Yes. No way out. <laughs> no escape. There you, ha- you can only go through now. There's no going back. That's true. We're, we're past the halfway point. If we turned around now, it would be just as far back. It's easier just to move forward. Oh, my goodness. So this episode uh, uh, is all hey, about- you know, you know what, though? What? I really like wrapping presents. I was wrapping presents earlier, and it it, it just, uh, hey, it was wonderful. Do you feel that way because you just like the idea of containing things? <laughs> you, like, you like the idea of, like, that's done and can't escape. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way, but yes. <laughs> um we also, I don't know if I talked about this on the show. This is, we've been doing this, I think, the last couple of years now. But, like, our, or at least my tradition that has become, I think, our family tradition, especially as BB is getting older, is, like, I make a list of every Christmas movie I can think of, and then we watch them all. Yes. Um, and I'm trying to expand the list. I think I've got it up to 44 movies at this point. Um, and added some new ones to the list. And let's just say some of them won't be staying on said list. <laughs> um, they're not all not all the club bangers I was hoping for. Um, but we watch those movies and like eat cookies and, you know, just kind of veg out, holiday veg out. And, um, There's less vegging now that BB is walking. There's- yeah, I mean, it's more like, well, I bring this up because... I, I think it would be really hard-pressed if you said, hey, Travis, you know how you just put on pajama pants and you're sitting down to, like, have a nightcap and some Christmas cookies? How about instead we go walk around in 25-degree weather and ah, sing some songs? Yeah. You would, you would have a real hard time convincing me to do that. Well, we'll talk about this a little more later. Um, and but let me be clear. Only, that's not caroling specific. Right. Anytime you're like, Anytime, how about outside. instead of watching TV, you want to go outside, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me. Um, movies are really the only place that I have personally experienced caroling in its purest form. I mean, I've been to choir concerts and performed in choirs and like at church and there were times like we took our show choir to nursing homes and sang carols. Yeah, I've done that. I did that with like a uh, children's choir in, yeah, in but church when we were like eight or nine where we go like room to room in hospitals. Have I, I have never either been in a group that walked around a neighborhood singing and I have never been at a home where carolers came to the door. I have always suspected that it does happen 
but it happens in neighborhoods where there's like homeowners associations and like someone has scheduled like this is the night the neighborhood will be caroling hmm. um be ready for it uh if you want to attend if you want to be part of the caroling let us know but i i i've I agree with you. I'm I'm really trying to rack my brain. Like, have I ever been somewhere? Maybe the children's theater in town went door to door caroling to like raise money for the children. I don't know, but I I can't ever remember a time where spontaneously either someone showed up to my house or spontaneously me and my friends were like, oh, you know what we want to do tonight? Let's just get out there and go caroling, which is how it seems to happen in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think about it like it's kind of a weird Christmas version of Trick or Treat. A right? little Where bit, like, yeah. Like conceptually, once again, I've never done it. <laughs> but conceptually, it seems to me to be like this Christmas form of Trick or Treat. Or like, okay, well, well, that's that's for the second half. Oh, that's okay. for the second half. Oh, okay. Well, then let's start with the first half. Okay, okay. good place to start. Um, what is the... Have I talked about before on the show? This has nothing to do with Christmas. But one time I was listening to uh, Ender's Game, and I had it in, like, two discs, and I accidentally started on the second disc and listened to, like, an hour and a half before I realized I was listening to part two. My first thought was, wow, they just really drop you right in the middle (laughs) of it, huh? Anyways. Anyways. So the resounding theme of our Christmas shenanigans is that a lot of this stuff didn't start as Christmas stuff. <gasps> Get out. Yeah. Um, so Christmas carols probably originated as pagan songs mm-hmm. sung at the win- winter solstice celebration. Yes. Um, in fact, the uh, a number of pagan religions have songs that they sing at, at, at all times of year, all the seasons. Um, all the, uh, there's the summer solstice, the winter solstice, there's, uh, the harvest songs, there's spring songs, you know, a lot to do with nature and stuff that's all wrapped up in pagan religions. Um, if anyone knows this, please let me know because I, I've been asking this question for a while now and I've even Googled it and haven't been able to find the answer. Autumnal is fall, vernal is spring. Is there a word like that for winter and summer? Hmm. Right? I don't know. It just occurred to me because you said summer solstice, winter solstice makes you think autumnal and vernal. But where's, what's the word for summer and winter? Like, it's time. Once again, not related to Christmas carols whatsoever. But go on. (laughs) Um, The word carol has various roots, uh, both in the Greek and in the Latin. And my stepmom. And, okay, um, where it doesn't actually mean to sing, it's more related to dancing, really? which I thought was pretty cool. Is it? I wonder if it has the same root as, like, carouse, you know, like um, a party, like carouse, no? Well, uh, the, maybe it might, or the, carousel, The Greek around. word sounded a lot like carousel. Let me see, carouse? You keep talking. Is this Google, is this Google, a Google. Travis Googles it instead of Justin Googles uh-huh. it? So which happens on cor- Salbones. Carouse is like drinking, right? So uh like to drink, to carouse. Um it, don't worry about it. It's not okay. 
All right. Um, one of the first records of these songs being adapted into the Christian religion is in 129. 129. Oh, way back. Way back. A Roman bishop said that a song called Angel's Hymn should be sung at a Christmas service in Rome. Okay. And that's and they were like, we should keep doing this. Well, um... <laughs> the next kind of jump forward happens in 760. Wow. That's a pretty big jump. Yeah. So for 600 years, they were like, man, that was really good. Check in with us again. Well, I, I, I think that when you're trying to delineate between a hymn... Mm-hmm. And a Christmas Carol, there might be a lot of overlap. Um, this is a good question because I've always wondered, like, what's the difference between a Christmas song and a Christmas Carol and a Christmas hymn? Like, is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer a Christmas Carol? Is like Jingle Bells a Christmas Carol, or is it like Angels We Have Heard on High and Hark the Herald Angels Sing are carols, or are those hymns? See, yeah, yeah. See, um, so another famous Christmas hymn was written in 17, 760 uh, for the Greek Orthodox Church. Um, and, and that was the first time we had Frosty the <laughs> Snowman. No. No, okay. No. Uh, and so then this kind of started a trend of, I assume, hymns and songs being written especially for being sung at Christmas services. Okay. Um, but by the time the Middle Ages happened... People had pretty much kind of lost interest in really celebrating Christmas, especially because a lot of these carols were written in Latin and Greek and song like people didn't speak those languages anymore. Mm-hmm. I so, see. Like um, emojis. Do people still speak in emojis? Is people, it hotter than ever? People spoke in emojis. I mean, they wrote in emojis just like you would write in Latin. So, yes. Do they still write in emojis or am I just old? Oh, no. What, the emoji movie just came out, so. And we all know what a success that was. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, after the Middle Ages, I mean, in the Middle Ages, the thing that happened. In that, the middle of the Middle Ages? Or like. Within the Middle Ages. Okay. The thing that started the Christmas Carol boom again, right? So it tapered off. But was it's, Christmas too? Was St. Francis of Assisi. I've heard of him. Yes. He liked animals. They hung out. He and animals, he put his arms out and all the birds would land on his arms. They're best and his bro girls friends. would come up and be like, what up, Assisi? And he'd be like, what up, squirrels? <laughs> yes. Uh, he started nativity and place. say, Francis, you nuts. And then they would all laugh. I'm sorry, you were saying, <laughs> what were you saying about nativity plays? <laughs> he started nativity plays in Italy. Um, and these songs weren't specifically carols. They were more classified as canticles. Okay. Which is more of a story song and less of the refrain, verse, refrain, verse deal. So kind of almost like Little Drummer Boy, where it's like a whole narrative throughout. Oh, uh, yeah, kind of like that. Okay. I mean, yeah. I guess you could say Pahrumpa Pum Pum is like the chorus. But I mean, it starts at one place and like then there's like it progresses through a story. Right. Okay. Um so the that carol or the canticles, the nativity plays did continue even up through the Elizabethan period. 
Um, but these were stories that weren't really like rooted in truth or the scripture. They were kind of like, here's Mary and Jesus walking around Bethlehem. Here are the people that they meet. You mean Mary and Joseph, right? It'd be weird, weird if Mary and Jesus were walking around unless she was carrying Jesus, the baby. The Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? We weren't there. <laughs> None of you were there either. So try to prove us wrong. Um, oh man, that's how that's how we should approach history from now on. Like, were you there? <laughs> then shut up. That would be a terrible way to approach history. Wow, you're probably you. right. But these carols, so these nativity carols, these plays or whatever, were not really even sung in churches. They were sung in people's homes because okay. the church service was still pretty inaccessible for like the the common people. Got it. By the way, Nativity, fun Christmas movie. Check that out if you can find it. Martin Freeman's in it. It's uh, kind of, uh, it reminds me a lot of like Waiting for Guffman, but like Christmassy. It's good. Yeah. Christmas carols were being developed all over Europe, um, but the English really put the kibosh on it when Oliver Cromwell and the Puritans, the Puritans came to power. Oh. I know. They took a lot of the Christmas stuff away. They believed that... Uh, they even took the roast beast. <laughs> they believed that the kind of upbeat, dancey, fun nature of these Christmas carols was totally against the somber occasion that Christmas should be. Um, and I mean, there were even years when Christmas was outlawed. We've yeah. said that before. We need... Maybe... Uh... We're well for we're doing a Candle Nights episode. We've got another topic picked. Maybe next year we'll do like a whole series on the outlawing of Christmas. We've talked about it so much now. I feel like we keep dancing around it, and they wouldn't have let us dance. So nope, no dancing. Um, so then they were kind of just things that you did at home. There really wasn't like caroling in the streets or anything that we talked about that we think about caroling as now until. The Victorian times. Okay. We're and big fans of Victorian Christmas. We're big fans of Victorian Christmas. and A lot of things we still do now come from Victorian Christmas. Exactly. And a lot of the songs that we sing now are actually from Victorian Christmas. A good example of that is Good King Wenceslas. I was actually going to say that's, that. That's kind of like the bouncy, happy... Good King Wenceslas looked down on the feast of Stephen. Yeah. And the snow laid round about green and crisp and No, wet. snow is not green. Well, deep, clean. Deep and crisp and oh, even. Oh, deep and crisp and even, of course. No one actually knows the words. No I one knows. Uh, I don't know the second verse, that's for sure. And the snowflake glowed in the moon at night. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. But it had a beat you could dance to. And I bet at the time it was really easy to remember the words. Not like now, but probably back then. But I mean, think about that now. Like Jingle Bells, right? Jingle Bells is a simple song with really easily repeatable, sing alongable exactly. kind of uh, music to it. Easy right. words to remember. Bouncy. So the the tradition that we associate with actual like verb caroling probably comes from um feudal times where uh, resistance was just not even <laughs> not that kind of feudal oh, okay. um these where... are all my jokes this is all i've got wow well, that word kind of sound like another word that's all the jokes i've got <laughs> let me have this uh where poor citizens would quote sing for their supper right or this is often called 
wassailing. Yes. I think we've talked about wassailing, but you have the, the, the it's like a punch bowl. You make wassail. Yes. Um, and, and you offer people drinks from the wassail and you're going house to house and singing and they give you food or money or whatever. We talked about this a little bit for the figgy pudding. Yes. Right? We talked about that. Um, if you didn't listen to that episode, um, it was about where this was kind of like one of the things that people would have to do. It, it was a, akin to singing in the subway type thing. Yeah. But it, here's the thing. I think that, you know, we talk about like, oh, they'll, they'll burst in and they're drunk and they steal your stuff. And I've joked about that before. And I think that did happen. That's real. That's the true thing that happened. But that's not like every, it's not like people were shuddering. It wasn't the purge. People weren't <laughs> shuttering their doors and windows afraid people might go caroling. It was just like, yeah, th- there were probably parts of town where it's like some people got a little out of hand. You know, there's probably some events where it's like, oh, they got a little too drunk out there. I don't think it was everyone's like, ah, uh, yeah, Christmas Eve, time to get drunk and rob people like the Wet Bandits. I, you know, I've mentioned several other podcasts in this podcast, and I can because they're family podcasts. Um, Griffin and Rachel ren- mentioned in their episode around Halloween of Wonderful about the idea of trick-or-treating and the reason why trick-or-treat happened because people were, like, ruining your daisies and stuff and I I talked about that you know I think that after listening to that episode it made a lot more sense that probably really is like a highly dramatized version of what happened oh yeah especially when we're talking about the Puritans shutting this stuff down it's probably pretty apocryphal there's probably a lot of like uh propaganda from the Puritans where it's like you know people just go out and get drunk and like wreck your stuff, and that probably happened like once, you know. Probably it was and a mild sort of thing, right? Probably the figgy pudding, like, or you know, we won't go into. It's probably all like fairly good nature. That's not to say some people didn't get out of hand, but I don't think it was like riot, drunken riots in the street demanding pudding every time. I don't know, maybe it was, but you weren't there, so <laughs> prove it. History, <laughs> gotcha. Another win for Travis. Um, so, I mean, the thing about Christmas carols today is we mentioned that they're kind of in two separate categories. There's kind of like the, the, the Christmassy carol that is Christian, and then there's the Christmassy carol that is kind of secular. Yeah, right? you got your secular and your non-secular. Right. So Which non-secular always sounds wrong to me. Like non I just, for some reason, it always seems to me like secular, just the sound of the word sounds like it should be religious and non-secular. Hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't I, get that. that you know, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't sound to you like if I say no. something is secular or it's just like, oh, that sounds like a fancy word for something. So that makes it sound religious. And then like. They couldn't come up with another word, so they just called it non-secular. Like, it just seems like the fancy word should be... Doesn't sound like that. Sorry. Well, you were raised Catholic, so whatever. (laughs) Um, And a lot of those, our favorite secular Christmas carols, were written in the 19th and 20th century. Um, Things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, those All I Want for Christmas is You... Yes. Uh, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. All of those, those particular ones I mentioned were written in the uh, 1920s to the 1940s. 
Um, what is your favorite Christmas girl? Let's just jump to that. What's your favorite Christmas girl? Oh, Holy Night. Oh, really? Mine is the uh, quintessential rock ballad, uh, the Carol of the Bells. Didn't Brent say something about how Carol of the Bells is like the most scary and, and gothic oh, of the yeah. Christmas carols? Yeah, it's, it's one of the few carols that you can, I think, actually deserves to be played on electric guitars. Like, it mm. sounds weird, but it's also like a really... You know what? Can I say something? I really like uh, the 12 Days of Christmas. There, I said it. I think it's a fun round. Is it right? I think... It's everybody gets into it. When you get to five golden rings and everybody's like, yes, four. <laughs> like it's everybody gets into it. Now, once you get into like, I think days 10 through 12 and everyone starts going on the. Five gold ring. I, okay. But I think that that's a fun one. You know when, what I really like about Oh Holy Night? What's that? Is that drop. That drop in the middle. The. Fall on your knees. Yep, love yeah, it. Love that's that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch. Of I also like it. Came up on a midnight clear. Where's but you, where's your rock balance? You know, where's your Teresa? You're picking. I want I want something that's like yes. You know what I mean? That really gets you in there. You know, Jingle Bell Rock. That's a good one. You can you can swing dance to Jingle Bell Rock. That's a pop song. That's not really a carol. You don't count that as a carol? No. Okay, what about, um, I don't know. Uh, no, you just said, no. what about, is Jingle Bells a carol? Sure. You didn't sound very convinced. <laughs> hey. Okay. Do we have some joy people? Joy to the that, world. What joy, about Joy to the world? I like Joy to the world. Okay. Go Tell It on the Mountain. I guess maybe that's a folk song. I'm not sure. How do we define it? It's hard. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's from the very beginning. Caroling is kind of an oral tradition. Uh-huh. Um, so it's really hard to define what's a hymn, what's a carol, what's a Christmas carol. Are they different? Who knows? I don't know. Um, so we have some questions. Let's thank some of our sponsors first. Okay. So I think it's probably been clear, you know, that Christmas is coming up. But right after Christmas, it's that old baby New Year coming in hot with his big weird ears. <laughs> Man, that only makes sense if you've seen that movie. Otherwise, it's just like, why is Travis nagging New Year? It's not important. Um, but, Teresa. Yes. And I already know the answer to this because it's been the same thing every time. What is your New Year's resolution? Flossmore. That's right. Because here's the thing. Nobody takes care of their teeth. Let's all admit it. We're all adults. It's going to be 2018. Let's all admit it. If you really look hard at yourself, do you do enough to take care of your teeth? No, you don't. The thing is, you could always do more. Exactly. That's the thing. Your teeth, they're amazing. They're they're an amazing machine, amazing <laughs> tool. Take care of it. And here's the thing. Do they count as organs? No. They're bones? Okay. Wait. Wait. No, they're not. I think they're bones. I think teeth are the hardest bones in your body. We are digressing. Please continue. Okay, so I would like to challenge you, people at home, to up your dental care game for 2018. I want you to look into Quip. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that is, one, ultra slim and cool looking. Two, fraction of the price. Three, 
So very practical. You can, it comes with a little holder you can stick right to your mirror so you don't worry about like it rolling around on your counter or getting lost or anything like that. Um, and, and this is the coolest part. They offer a subscription service where you will get new brush heads uh, on the dentist recommended three month schedule, which let's be honest, none of us do that either. Who's replacing their toothbrush every three months? Who, I'd say, who? <laughs> but for just $5, you can get new brush heads every three months, including free shipping. So I want you to go check this out because it's already been featured in gift guides like Refinery 21, uh, Refinery 29, all the refineries, all of them, Oprah's uh, O-List, GQ, all of them. So Quip starts at just $25. And right now, when you go to getquip.com slash schmanners, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash schmanners, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Go check it out. Uh, Schmanners is sponsored in part this week by First Leaf. Um, So First Leaf is a revolution, I would say, in... In in home wine delivery. Wow, a revolution! A revolution. Get on board. Get on board or get out of the way. That's what I say. Because uh-huh. First Leaf is completely customizable. You can select your wines by color. You can by, get blue wine, green wine, uh, orange wine. If if they have it, you could select it uh, or wine region. Um, and you can select the frequency of your wine shipment, so it's not just wine a month. Um, when you start, you receive an introductory three pack of wine for $5 a bottle when you get started. And these, these wines, they are quality wines. So $5 is a great bargain because these bottles go individually for almost $20. Wow. Here's the thing. Uh Uh-huh. The thing about First Leaf is... You got me hooked. Now reel me in. You can rate your wines that you receive, and then in your next shipment, you'll get personalized recommendations. First Leaf works directly with the world's foremost wineries in France, Italy, and Napa Valley, so you're always getting a great selection at a great price. So, to order your three-pack of introductory wine for $15... Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash schmanners. Three bottles of wine, only $15 at tryfirstleaf.com slash schmanners. You can experience your first leaf experience today at tryfirstleaf.com slash schmanners. Hey, readers, all of you bookworms, comic geeks, library junkies, literary fiction lovers, bibliophiles, and nerds. Want to get more out of your reading life? Listen to Reading Glasses. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We want to help you read better. Join us every Thursday on Maximum Fun's new podcast while we talk about book culture and solve your reader problems. Reading Glasses will teach you how to vanquish your to-be-read pile, connect with other readers, and get more reading into your busy day. No matter what you read or how how you read it we'll, we'll help, help you, you do, do it, it better, better. <laughs> that's cute yeah mark hey buddy 
Oh, hey, what's up, ma'am? Um, so I'm at this mafia restaurant. What? I'm going to go in and ask these guys what they think the best pasta shape is. Mark, they're probably eating it. I have a hunch that it's probably ravioli, but, I mean, you know what? That's a good idea. Whatever they're eating, I'll just take a look in their bowls Why don't and you see what they have. Maybe There's supposed to be a big meeting there today. Can you see it from the street? That sounds really dangerous. So I'm just going to go inside and ask. Don't, don't bother them. They're probably eating, you well, know. Look, I'm not threatened by them. How about we tell them what the best pasta is on our podcast? We got this with Mark and Hal. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank God. Tuesdays at 9? On MaximumFun.org. Okay. Our first question comes from Katie. When is the start of caroling season? I associate it with Christmas, but this year we were visited in November. Hmm. And I actually, uh, this makes me think of two possibilities for why this might be, Katie. One, I could definitely see a bunch of people together for, uh, for Thanksgiving, going out on a Thanksgiving walk and doing a little caroling to kind of start the Christmas season. And also... Being a little bit warmer in November it than it was in a December. little bit, especially here in Ohio, it was much warmer in November than normal. But it's also a lot warmer in July, so I wouldn't say that That's you should fair. go caroling in July. That's fair. Let me ask you this. Let me pose this a different way to Katie's question: Is there a difference in the time period if we're talking about just like walking down the sidewalk singing carols versus actually going up to people's doors? I think maybe we should go over the etiquette of caroling um, because one should really not go up to people's doors unless the door is opened for you. So here's what I read about it, right? Um, That there should be no need to knock or ring people's bells because they should hear you from their homes, right? You should be in the street or on the sidewalk singing. Once the door opens... Then you are welcome to walk up their sidewalk to their porch. But this would keep that sort of etiquette like line keeps people from disturbing people who don't want to be disturbed. That's very good because I will say um, with a baby who naps and a dog who barks when people knock on the door or when someone's at the door, I appreciate that. Channing asks, is it too grinchy to put a festive sign on the door asking people not to carol? And here's the thing. we can say that the proper etiquette, that doesn't mean everyone who goes out caroling knows right. that. I don't think there's anything wrong with putting out a polite sign that's like, thank you so much, but please don't knock or sing carols at the door. My dog reacts poorly or our baby is sleeping. I think that's totally fine. Sure. You know? I, I think that's okay as long as it's fun and festive and not like, you know, uh, passive, aggressive or mean. Yeah. You know, I've seen signs, uh, signs like... Please don't knock our elves are sleeping or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely fine. So to go back to Katie's question, hearing carolers in November, I think as long as you do it right, sure, after Thanksgiving, which is pretty late in November, um, but, you know, we have international listeners, so not everyone celebrates United States Thanksgiving. Um, I think pretty much just the United States. Yeah. I don't know that. And territories, United States territories. I guess that's fair. I just include them. We're all part of the same family. Okay. But you know what? If you think about it, 
We're all <laughs> part of the same family. Hi, welcome to welcome to Schmanners. Everybody's <laughs> connected. Be cool to everybody. Um, I always said welcome to trends like these. <laughs> Forgot what show this. <laughs> That's the wrong show. Um, yeah, I think I think if you're observing this, if you're caroling down the street, not going up to people's houses. Yeah, it feels to me like the month because this is the thing. I know that I know that it is easy to like poo-poo the idea of beginning the Christmas season too early. And you know, me and my Griffin calls it the Christmas, Christmas creep. creep. Yeah, we've we've poked fun at it before, but I also say now, as a, like, I th- had this thought when I was thinking about decorating my house for Christmas, and I did it the day after Thanksgiving, because like, if I want to put this work in. I'm not doing it for two days. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want it to be up and like put our Christmas tree up. So like the 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 work to display time is balanced out. Now, that's not to say you should go caroling on like November 5th or whatever. You should be celebrating Guy Fawkes Day. on, But. Right. Um, I, I think that having a November 25th to December 25th kind of window isn't so bad. I don't think that's so bad either. Um, If they had done their caroling correctly the in you know the most polite manner uh then you wouldn't if you didn't want to hear your any carols in november you just keep the door closed um this question is from audrey am i supposed to tip them when they're done how much this is another thing that i ran into and like i said i don't have any personal experience but everything said you can tip if you want but anything directed towards carolers said don't expect people to tip you this isn't about money this is about spreading christmas cheer so don't feel obligated um if they are collecting for charity they should have some sort of like official charity looking can or something like i remember march of dimes used to have those kind of like little um cartons they almost look like big milk cartons that you could put money into ronald mcdonald house did the same thing um so they should have something official looking if it's donating for charity um but again caroling is more about spreading christmas cheer than it is for tipping so if you don't feel moved to tip or you don't have any cash don't feel bad what would you think about like keeping one of those tens of like the the dance i think it's dance butter cookies you know and like letting people have some cookies food is a totally different thing um they asked about money um but if we want to go on to food uh it could be something that if you have a, a tin of cookies um, or if you have like a, 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 what do they call it, gallon of eggnog or whatever, jug of eggnog, you could feel free to pass those out. Um, but if you are caroling, uh, I have, according to my research, um, it's kind of a toss up as to whether or not you should stand there and imbibe or you should take it along with you. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, I would recommend that if you are going to pass out treats, uh, have them not on your, you know, your china plates, paper plates, paper cups, uh, things like that. See, this is why I think it it makes more sense to me if this is like an HOA scheduled thing that you yeah. can like announce to everybody in the neighborhood like, and coming up December 12th, everyone's going to be out. So have those treats ready and we're going to be raised like that. All that information can be out there ahead of time. And this is another reason why... 
I really like the recommendation of singing from the street so you can hear the carolers coming. So it's not and like... And hide and turn off the lights <laughs> in your house. So if you want to provide these things, you have a few minutes to get them together. Like I keep some paper plates in our pantry. We have some Christmas cookies. I could just throw those on the plate and hand them out. But if someone comes to my door and is singing like right there and I didn't hear them coming, I wouldn't have the time to prepare this kind of stuff. Yeah. So like I said, I'm going to reiterate what what should happen, the chain of events, is the carolers should sing down the street or the sidewalk. And if you see them in front of your home, you open the door to hear them and then they can come up your walk and sing for you specifically. Uh, this question is from at Snaily. Um, etiquette from when they just sing for way too long. My front door is open and I can feel my electric bill getting steeper. When they sing for too long, um, I think that a, a thank you, Merry Christmas, close the door, then they'll turn around and go on their way. Um, always be nice, but really, if a, if a caroling group sang for more than two songs, I, that's what I would do. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas and close the door. And they will keep singing as they turn around and go up your walk. Uh, one last question here this is from uh, at Maybe Bird. How do you even respond when you get caroled? Like, what do you do while they're singing after they finish? Uh, you can. And, and, I, you mentioned wonderful, and it reminds me of a topic they used to discuss on Rose Buddies of like sitting at a table when like musicians come up to the table. Like, what do you do? What face do you make? How do you respond as someone? And Griffin, Griffin's awkward in many ways, but it was one of those like Griffin. <laughs> has no idea what to do if somebody comes up and starts doing something at his table. Anyways, it just made me think of that. What do I do with my hands? You should definitely say thank you. When they're done, not while they're still singing. Right. When they're finished, while they're still singing, feel free to sing along if if you like it. Um, I have if also... If movies have taught me anything, I think you hug, hug your loved ones close and you smile real big like, we're doing it. This is Christmas. That's what the movies say to do. Yeah. Um, you can you can join in you can admire and smile same same that you would for like if you were in a coffee shop and people were like playing guitar or whatever um feel free to kind of nudge and whisper and enjoy and then when they're finished say thank you if you feel moved to clap i would say that if there were two or three of you standing in the doorway it might be easier to do a round of applause as opposed to just standing by yourself clapping yes. in your doorway. Excellent. You performed for me. <laughs> yes, thank you. But thank you and Merry Christmas, I'm sure, would right. be much appreciated. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week will be our uh, our live show episode from Candle Nights, and then we're going to be off uh, for New Year's because our episode will come out New Year's Day and we'll be sleeping um, all day like bears. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter. At you know that baby won't sleep all day, right? I don't know. She might. Last year she slept all the other night. Now, granted, she was two months old. So maybe, maybe <laughs> she'll have more energy to party this year. I don't know. She was out to party until like, like three in the morning last year and we went home at like one. <laughs> um <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. Um, you can email us, SchmannersCast at gmail.com, especially if you have topic ideas, stuff you want us to cover, because we're about over with Christmas, and then we'll have to think of, Then like, what will we do? Yeah, we'll have to think of non-Christmas ideas. So if you have suggestions, 
uh, email us. Um, there's a Facebook fan group called Schmanners Sh- Fanners. Yes, we're very proud of that. Um, let's see what else, Teresa. Um, I want to be. I want to thank Brent Black for our uh, theme music, which is super catchy and available as a ringtone where those are sold. Uh, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful thumbnail art for our Twitter. Um, and you mentioned you should follow that. And speaking of the Schmanners Fanners group, that cover art or cover photo was done by Keely Weiss Photography. So thank you to her very much. Oh, I almost forgot two really big things. And hopefully you're still listening at this point. January 14th, Schmanners is going to be performing at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Um, I can't remember what time, but it's like, I think like it's either one or four. You know, I could look now, <laughs> but it's not really important because you can search San Francisco Sketch Fest Schmanners and find it and then come. And even if you're not in San Francisco, if you've never been in San Francisco during Sketch Fest, it's one of my favorite times because basically the whole town is just overrun by amazing performers. And I, I promise you, you in like a weekend can see more shows in San Francisco Sketch Fest by amazing people than you might get to experience the entire year. Check it out, sfsketchfest.com. And then February 18th through the 25th, we're going to be on the Joko Cruise, which as it gets nearer and nearer, I'm just getting more and more and more excited for it. Um, it's a week of amazing performances and shows and a cruise and fun times on the boat and everybody's all hanging out together so it's like a week of summer camp on a cruise it's amazing and you can and schmanners is going to be performing there as well as like us just kind of hanging out for the weekend so check that out at jococruise.com uh and you know what i think that's going to do it for us join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.